Don't turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. And it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. Probably one of the largest letdowns in political history. Just have fun. Keep fighting, God wins. We love Well, hello and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Not only is it Monday morning, which is literally my favorite show of the day, but it is Easter Monday, the day after when Jesus reveals himself to so, so many. And it is what what a, what a wonderful holiday this weekend, huh? What a what a great time. I don't know about for you, but Easter for me. Every year that I am with the Lord, every year that I've been a Christian gets better and better and better because of my understanding of Easter and what it's all about. Now, to some people at 30,000 miles in the sky, Easter meant something very different this year. So if I could real quick, I would like to go to this video that we saw this weekend and I'd like to pull this up for you here. This happened, ladies and gentlemen, in the sky, 30 miles high, where worshipers of Christ were able to just take off their masks and freely worship 30,000 feet in the air. Let's go to that video, please. Here we go. Play that again real quick. There we go. Oh, 
worthy of all praise, the name above all names, 30,000 feet high. And you know what? That's the greatness of God right there. Being able to sing to God whenever you feel like 30,000 miles in the sky, right here on the ground. It doesn't matter. He's everywhere anyway. And that's the true Mile High Club. Although Elon Omar wasn't too happy about that. No, no, Elon Omar actually took to Twitter about that and said, I think my family and I should have a prayer session next time I'm on a plane. How do you think it will end? Well, Elon, if you're actually having a prayer session where you are praying to your God peacefully, then you are welcome to do that, my dear, anywhere you'd like. It's, you know, the bombs that usually start triggering people. It's the talk of hating Christians and hating Jews and want to eradicate them from the planet. I don't know. Maybe that just has something to do with it. I don't know. You can marry your brother and worship wherever you'd like as long as you're not talking about blowing people up, killing anybody, or having anything underneath your vest or in your bag, then we're good. So, again, she had to go, you know, and attack Christianity on Easter. Now, can you imagine, can you just imagine, had some right-wing Republican Christian said something about Islam or Ilhan Omar and about her um, choice of where they decide to worship. You know what's crazy about, about um, the people that, that hate Christianity and hate Jews? When they get misplaced or displaced or dispersed around the country due to refugee problems that we cause, uh, our government causes, um, they, don't, they usually go to a, another country and they take that country over and they completely make that country look something like it never has before. Or they make it the rape capital of the world like they did in Sweden, which we'll talk about later. I don't see Christian refugees doing that. I don't see Christian refugees being displaced from, I don't know, southern Africa for all the genocide that they're having to deal with right now. And I don't see them going to other countries and turning them into rape capitals of the world. So maybe there's just a slight difference there in who we worship. Maybe Ilhan Omar. I don't know. But I, for one, was very happy to see that uh, Mile High Club, the new Mile High Club, worshiping Jesus 30,000 feet in the sky. And Elon Omar, you can keep crying, marry your brother, go on a picnic with him, marry your father. I don't know, blow something up, do whatever you got to do. Because, And I'm not saying that because you are a follower of Islam. I'm saying that because you literally talk about eradicating Jews and Christians. So I don't know. I don't know. Excuse us if we worship God 30,000 miles in the sky. I know that bothered you and I know that triggered you. But it's nice to see that peaceful worship of God is what triggered you, not setting cities on fire. And I don't know, I'm, su- I'm surprised I didn't see a tweet from you last week when the shooter in the uh, subway killed all those people and blamed it on white people and Christians and Jesus didn't see you there. Didn't, didn't see no tweet, but Hey, that's none of my business. Slurp, slurp. Anyway, how's everybody doing on this beautiful Easter Monday? I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. I know I did. I know we had um, Friday uh, Friday service um, after the show on Friday night, which was wonderful and great. And then, of course, on uh, Saturday, we did worship. On Sunday, we got to go to church and worship. And uh, today, we continue, folks. What a great time to be alive. And I don't think that I would have liked to be alive in any other time period being a Christian than now. Because our fight is different now, and I'm up to the challenge. I hope you are, too, as we get into this Crazy, crazy uh, midterm year. Anyway, let's do some shout-outs real quick. Tina on Rumble says, Jesus came to fight organized religion 
and invited us to have a one-on-one with him. Yes, you are correct. I want to thank you for the Rumble Rants coming in this morning. Bumble Patriot already started with $10. God bless you and thank you very much. And we also had Holly Ann, who said happy Monday and put in $25. God bless you, girl. Thank you very much. Um, Bad Moon, good to see you. Patsy Boatwright, how you doing? Good morning to you. Corn Pop is in the building. Scotty. How you doing, Scotty? Good to see you. Larry Reha says he had a great weekend. Barbara and Jim Peters, God bless you both. Hope you heard me shout you out while I was in Arkansas on the Save America Freedom Tour. Darlene from Michigan is watching. Good morning to you, Darlene. Deb from Illinois. I think I said that, but you know what? Doesn't hurt to say it twice. Lauren Cole, how are you? Big shout out to Moose for Trump. Hi, everyone. Not able to get on the show on Getter. Well, let's just Pop over to Getter real quick and see what's going on over there because it looks like we have the show over on Getter. I'd like to say hello if I could to some of the people that are watching over there. Just popped over and it is on, so you might just need to refresh if you're having a hard time on Getter. But I see Linda. Uh, how you doing from Illinois? She says vessel. She says thanks, guys. Thought it was me. Chuckley Berry's in the building. Brian, good to see you, Brian Tharp. Uh, Steph, uh, Stephen five three three four says made it on time. Of course, we've got Holly from RMA Apparel, always killing it uh, as it, as it uh, pertains to making apparel for Life from America. Thank you very much. We've got LFA producer Eli, Elisha, in every chat. Say hello to him. And if I could ask you while we get ready to go to the Lord this morning, if you guys could do a massive round of sharing right now, particularly from the Rumble page, if you can. If you're on Facebook, do it there. Uh, and if you're on Rumble... Uh, Just do it there. It makes it very easy. Let's go to the Lord and get to the verse of the day today, which I titled Christians need to lead by example as Jesus did. Verse of the day will come from Matthew 20, 25 through 28. Now, if you guys are not getting the newsletter and you've signed up for it, please check your other folders, like your social folder, your promotions folder, or your spam folder. If you've not signed up for the newsletter, it's super simple. Just go to jeremyherald.com, scroll down on the first page, sign up for the newsletter, and you will start getting the morning newsletter. And why it's important to have it. It's not just because you get a morning verse of the day. It's also a way to keep in contact with you in case any craziness happens, which it always does. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says... But Jesus called them together and said, quote, You know that the rulers in this world lord, over, lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Sounds very familiar to today. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, men and sin do not change. So we're dealing with the same thing today as Jesus uh, dealt with in his day. He said, But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Now remember, slave had a very different meaning back then as it does today. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others to give his life as a ransom for many. Have you ever heard of the hypothetical question, if you knew this was your last day on earth, what would you do before you died if you could do anything you wanted? I heard that a lot as a kid because kids have such huge imaginations and always have hypothetical situations. 
and their hypothetical situations and imaginations are nonstop at that age. Do you know that Jesus actually faced this scenario? He knew it was going to be his last day on earth. And do you know what Jesus decided to do on his last day on earth? Wash feet. That's right. He could do anything he wanted. He was also had all authority among the, everybody on earth. He could do anything he wanted, and he chose to wash feet. He washed the feet of his disciples. Wow. What a humble man. That is our Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, not exerting his power and authority over the people he walked with, but humbled himself and put the people around him on a pedestal. That is my Jesus. Jesus became flesh to regain all power in heaven and here on earth for God and his righteous ones. He came in the power and authority of his father in order to point people back to the father. He existed with God as an equal to God, but yet humbled himself and became a servant while he was here on earth to show us how to be as Christians. We could all take a chapter out of that book and be better. And we thank you, Jesus, for showing us the way. In your holy name we pray. Amen. What an amazing, what an amazing um, way to lead. What an amazing example to set for the people that were around him. They all knew he was God. They all knew he was Lord. Well, maybe not Thomas. Thomas decided to come to his senses after he put his fingers in the holes of Jesus's hands and thrust his fingers into Jesus's side. Then he realized that he was my Lord, my God. But they all knew. And they knew that he had no obligation and no responsibility to do that for them. But he did it anyway. That, ladies and gentlemen, is humble. And we could all, again, take a piece out of that book. Amen? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. You've done your sharing, and now let's get to it all together on this Easter Monday. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Humble yourselves, folks. K. Dane says, Jeremy, you are looking thin. I know I'm getting there, right? I'm getting there. Matter of fact, my fasting... Uh, throughout the day actually ended yesterday, but I'm going to keep it going because I found a very, very good balance of being able to get the protein and the food that I need to have energy. Of course, in the beginning of it, if you guys remember that first two weeks was rough. Remember I was going to pass out during the show, but I probably lost about 25 pounds and we're going for another 25, um, a little bit healthier, um, and doing a little bit more exercise this time around. So I thank you. And if you guys could all please pray for me, uh, during that transition, I would appreciate that very, very much. Thank you. Let's get to the first um, and foremost section, but let's have a raise a cup, please, and let's have our first slurp. 
Thank you to all those who shared. Our numbers are still looking a little low on Rumble. Um, sometimes when Rumble does things, it logs people out and they don't get notifications. So it's very important that you guys do pass that around from the Rumble link as well. Here we go. First and foremost, starting on this beautiful Monday morning, I'm happy to see you all. We've got smile on our faces. Let's get to it. Part of this Live from America show, and a very big part of it, has been to inform you on corrupt politicians on both sides. And don't think for one minute, if you're new to this show, that we are completely biased towards the right because there are, we have a little segment called Rhino Hunting on this show. Rhino hunting. Thank you, Beth Poole. God bless you for the $100 donation. She says, God is victorious. He sure is. We do rhino hunting and we do swamp donkey hunting. If there is a corrupt politician out there, we will sniff them out. We will find them. We will expose them. And then we will tell the world all about their nefarious actions as they have sat in that elected seat. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to expose another corrupt politician even more than we already have now everybody knows this following person is a corrupt politician everybody knows that in this world of aligning yourself with blm who takes millions and millions and millions of dollars from the public that they deceive as a 501c3 they then turn around and they buy mansions and they live lavish lifestyles do you want to know who's connected to them who's a very 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 corrupt politician Folks, it is Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is a major, major, major threat to this country. She is a major threat to our way of life. She's a major threat not to democracy because we don't live in one. She is a major threat to our republic. She's a major threat to our constitution, and she's a major threat to our Bill of Rights. Why do I say that? If she is not an elected official and she holds no power whatsoever, then why do I say that? Because sometimes, folks, star power and the the court of public opinion is a lot bigger than actual court and actual reasons for being famous and having um, some kind of uh, power, or we'll say a better word to use is influence over your followers. But Stacey Abrams' followers are completely insane. Stacey Abrams' followers are completely whacked out. Stacey Abrams' followers do not have a very high education, and the followers of Stacey Abrams could not tell you anything about how this government should or does work. They're just mindless zombies who throw on a Stacey Abrams t-shirt and go out and do whatever she pays them to do. Now, what I want to talk about specifically is Stacey Abrams' net worth, okay? Because much like other politicians that have been in there forever and ever and a decade, her net worth has increased. Are you ready for this? 3,000% in just four years. And she holds no political position whatsoever. So where is this income coming from? Where is the 3,000% increase in her net worth coming from if she's not an elected official she doesn't really have a career she does not own a business and and from what i know she doesn't really have a job now think about an increase in wealth okay let's say most of us had i don't know let's say we had ten thousand dollars as a net worth most of us don't have ten thousand dollars or more let's just face it it is what it is but let's say your net worth is ten thousand dollars can you Can somebody in the comment section please do for me what 3,000 times 
10000 is? Because that would be how much your net worth would increase in order for you to be somewhat comparable to Stacey Abrams, all while having no job. Again, 3000 by 10000 I'm not a math person, never was good at math. If somebody can do that in the comments section, I would like to know what that is. I'm watching both our Rumble, I'm watching the LFA Producer Facebook page, and I'm watching Rumble. So when I see what that is, oh, look at that, 300000 That means that you would go from $10,000 to $300,000. Would that change your life? Would that put you in an entirely different spectrum of where and how you spend your money? Well, I'm sure it did to Stacey Abrams as well. So let's dig into the story real quick. Because it's worth noting, especially when you're talking to the left who seems to think that the Democrats do no wrong. In the age of corruption and stolen elections, Stacey Abrams may have eaten the cake. Not just had the cake and eaten it too, but eaten the whole cake and eaten all the silverware and eaten everything that you had for yourself as well. The Daily Caller reported that Abrams increased her net worth by millions in the past few years. Democratic Georgia failed gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams has become a millionaire in four short years. Abrams is worth $3.17 million. Oh, somebody said $30 million. There you go, $30 million, not $300,000. That would be 10000 times three hundred, right? Or thirty. I don't know. I'm not good at math, but you get my, you get my drift, right? Abrams is, a, uh, is worth $3.17 million as of right now, according to the state disclosures that she filed in March. The Associated Press reported Tuesday, when she first ran for Georgia governor in 2018, Abrams was dealing with a hefty bill from the IRS and was worth only $109,000. The hefty tax bill from the IRS was $54,000 with a further $410,000 in liabilities. According to Fox News, she owed $96,000 in school loan debt and she owed $83,000 in credit card debt. And that was reported by the AP. The Daily Caller reports that Abram received five to six million dollars in speeches and book deals. This is one way Democrats launder money to their politicians. The caller also notes that Abrams has been paid $700,000 over three years as executive director of the Southern Economic Advancement Project, and it is unknown how much Abrams has received from related entity Fair Fight Action. Though Abrams did not disclose any payments from her 501c Fair Action Group, the group raised almost $62 million in dark money donations, according to Newsmax. 96% of those donations came from only 252 unidentified large dollar donors. So that means $62 million came in from, well, at least 96% of it came in from 250 unidentified large dollar donors. Stacey Abrams, former Georgia State Rep nonprofit czar, Hillary Clinton's uh, darling, and 2020 board member of John Podesta's super powerful charitable nonprofit, uh, the Center for American Progress think tank, has been revealed by CD Media as being an owner of Now Account, which is the firm financing Happy Faces Personal Group, the temporary agency used in Fulton County. George's elections in November 20 and 2021. Again, we're just following the money here, folks. 
We're just following the money to find the corruption. It isn't that hard. I mean, anybody with a, with a, with a high school diploma can follow money and follow patterns. Anybody can do that. So why the GOP isn't all over this? Why the Republican Party isn't all over this? It used to mind boggle me. It doesn't anymore because I understand how the Uniparty works. Okay? Um, very few people increase their net worth by 3,000% over that short period of time. Often, this, takes, this, this type of growth is not legitimate but takes a decade or more. She's done it in four years. And do you think that she's the brains behind that operation? Do you honestly think that Stacey Abrams has the know-how and the mental capacity to increase her wealth 3,000% in four years? And if you say yes, then let me ask you this. Why didn't she do it before? Why didn't she do it before? Why was she worth $109,000 prior to the DNC and the Democratic Party propping her up, which you'd need a hefty, hefty uh, uh, piece of machinery to prop her up, let me tell you. But in order to prop her up, she needed, she needed somebody with brains and somebody that already had a criminal network. Otherwise, you do not increase your wealth that much, that quick on your own, especially when you are as ignorant as a Stacey Abrams, who, by the way, if you've listened to any of her speeches, is, uh, they're, they're about as, they're almost as dumb and I mean, I don't know any other child word to use but that a childish word. I'm trying to think of an intelligent word to describe what she says when she goes up and gives a speech. And it's like the equivalent of Kamala Harris. It's, there's no other way to say it except they're just very dumb. They're just very dumb people. And they sit there and they read off teleprompters that you can tell is not coming from their brain because of the way they speak off uh, camera or off stage. They're not very intelligent people. Neither is Kemp, to be honest with you. They're just well-connected people. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, if anybody, if you're having a discussion with a Democrat or anybody else uh, about these people, and, and Stacey Abrams come up, comes up, ask that question. How did she increase her wealth from 109000 to $3.17 million in four years with no real job? You were appointed to a position, but you didn't create anything. You don't, own, you don't have a business. You don't employ anybody. The only people you employ are the people from the 2000 Mules movie that kept going back from Dropbox to headquarters, to Dropbox to headquarters, going to headquarters to get more money and ballots, going to Dropbox to drop them off. We're going to get every one of you. Don't think that you're going to slide past this because you're not. All we have to do is continue to follow the money, and then the other piece of the puzzle is to get the right people involved to actually investigate, which we're already doing, so they don't really need to do much of an investigation, and then prosecute. Now, ladies and gentlemen, in other, um, <laughs> oh, God's going to not like me for this one, in other Stacey Abrams news, oh, wait, that's not Stacey Abrams. I'm sorry. It looks exactly like her, but it is not. So I guess it isn't in other Stacey Abrams news. No, that was Joanne M. Price. Now, if you don't know who Joanne M. Price is, ladies and gentlemen, well, he is the one of the th- one of the three suspects caught in that mall shooting in South Carolina over this weekend. And Joanne, who looks like he is uh, dressing up as a wish version of Stacey Abrams, um, which she is already a wish version herself, so I don't know how you could get much worse. 
Yeah, he's out. He's out. On, he's out on bond. Yeah, yeah. While the January six prisoners rot in prison and not even given a right to a fair and speedy trial. Nope. This guy, one of the three suspects in the shooting, has been released on bond. Isn't that something, ladies and gentlemen? Released on a $25,000 bond despite being one of the three suspected gunmen involved in the shootout that left 14 people injured inside South Carolina's Columbia Center Mall this weekend. uh, Joanne Price, again, who looks like Stacey Abrams, uh, um, the Wish version, um, was 22 years old and will be forced to wear an ankle monitor. Ooh, yeah, like laws actually stopped him the first time while awaiting charges. But in the meantime, he'll be allowed to travel to and from work. Well, isn't that special? There he is. There's the Stacey Abrams lookalike right there. Unbelievable. While we have people rotting in prison for literally being entrapped into walking into a building that we pay for, This guy can be a part of a shooting and, you know, just get released on $25,000 bail. What a sick, sick world we live in. Price, who was charged in 2018 for his involvement with the murder of a high school student, Eamon Rice, is suspected of being one of the three gunmen who injured 14 people between the ages of 15 and 73 on Saturday. Thankfully, no fatalities have been reported with only the oldest victim still receiving active medical treatment. Police do not believe the incident was random. Oh, you think? They said, we believe they knew each other, and something led to gunfire, Columbia Police Chief Skip Holbrook said. Wow, great detective work there, Sherlock. You might want to get a fifth grader on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the investigation. They might be able to do a little bit better of a job than you did. Daniel Johnson, who was at the mall with his family at the time of the shooting, described the incident as hectic, saying, quote, you could see baby strollers turned over people's phones and left keys. It was hectic situation. Whoa, what a way to describe people, I don't know, being shot. Oh, you could see baby strollers turned over and people left their cell phones and their keys. Oh, no, don't forget your cell phone and your keys. Ten people were injured from the gunshot wound and four were trampled in the rush to escape the building. The Columbia Police Department confirmed that around 2.03 p.m., they were called to the scene of a shooting inside the Columbia Center um, Mall. Police announced the arrest of Joanne M. Price as a suspect who's now on bond. And by the way, who paid his bond? That's what I'd like to know, too. Follow that money. Price, I think all of this stuff, you know all those people that used to hate Alex Jones for his red flag rhetoric about school shootings and stuff? Don't think that that's all fake, folks, because a lot of this stuff goes hand in hand. You don't think that you don't think it's odd that there was none of this stuff going on when President Trump was in the White House. But as soon as the Democrats are back in, we got gun shootings every weekend. You think that that's just a coincidence? Come on. Don't be stupid and naive. Price is currently charged with unlawful carrying of a pistol. That's it. CBD said additional charges may be coming. Well, you think you'd keep him in jail while you do that? I don't know. Just in case he did shoot people. How stupid is this world? Two additional men were detained as persons of interests. POIs. But were released after six investigators found they were not involved. During the bond hearing for Price on Easter, the Columbia Police Department updated the injury talk uh, tally excuse me, to 14 people. Ten of those had suffered from gunshot wounds and four were injured by the rushing and trampling of the, of the mall um, 
the shoppers. Investigators believe at least three suspects displayed weapons during the shooting and that at least two were fired. One of the firearms was collected as evidence. CBD, CPD said the shooting is likely an isolated and ongoing conflict between the suspects. Okay. All right. You arrested a guy. He's supposed to be a suspect in all of this. He supposedly did it. And he supposedly had already been arrested in 2018 for his involvement with a murder. Okay. You got the guy. You got the guy as one of three possible suspects. Okay. You got the guy and you don't get it out of him who the other people are. You don't get it out of him why they were having a shootout in the middle of a mall. You don't get any of the names of the other people that were involved in this, any of their addresses, any of their gang affiliations. You get none of that. You say, well, just let him go home for Easter, you jerks. He's got to go home for Easter. Give him an ankle monitor. Let's get 25 G's out of him. Give him an ankle monitor and we'll let him go. Meanwhile, suspects still at large. Telling you, it's getting really, 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 really hard to back the blue on a national level anymore because every single day I find out more and more about how more police officers are just doing what they're told instead of following their oath and doing what's right, protecting and serving based on the Constitution. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Kind of funny, isn't it? Coming after your guns the same time they're having school shootings every week. I mean, uh, just uh, school and, and, and mall and public shootings. Isn't it something? All right. We're going to move on from that because we need to talk about COVID for a minute. Yes, I know. We thought it was a thing of the past. And I know that people are still messaging me going, I thought you said COVID was a thing of the past. I just got it. I'm sorry you caught the flu. My bad. My bad. Didn't mean to tell you that the flu was gone and then you caught the flu because basically, ladies and gentlemen, hindsight being 2020, man-made or not, that's exactly what it was. It was equivalent of a flu. Some people could deal with it. Some people couldn't. That's just what it was. I don't know what else to tell you. But now the second global COVID summit has been announced. And guess what? The United States is all in. They are all in as one of the major... um, the major attendees at the second global COVID summit. And you know what the main goal is? And this is coming from the White House, not from another country, folks. You ready for this? Here we go. The main goal of this second global COVID summit will be to vaccinate every single person on the planet everywhere. Those aren't my words. That's coming from your Trusted leaders in the White House, even illegitimately, I might add. The Biden White House announced its participation in a second global COVID summit on May 12th of 2022, aiming to, quote, bring solutions to vaccinate the world for everyone, everywhere, end quote. The goal of this new summit, aiming to bring solutions to vaccinate the world for everyone, everywhere. And yes, folks, that means they're still pushing the experimental vaccine that wear off after a few months. Now, this all coming on the heels of 72 high profile scumbag losers in Washington, D.C. coming down with COVID after being double vaccinated and boosted sometimes twice. You got to get the world vaccinated. 
Doesn't make any sense now, just like it didn't make any sense before. Guess what? You're not vaccinating this guy, and you're not vaccinating a single person in my family. And you know what? I will die to make sure that does not happen. And so will anybody who's trying to do it. That is how serious myself and millions and millions of people around the world are about you sticking something in us. Now, in the United States, by law, you won't be able to do that, but you'll be able to shut us off from everything. Enter the digital currency. Folks, this digital currency isn't coming. It's here right now. They're about ready to make a switch over to digital currency so fast it's going to make your head spin. If I were you right now, I would find something tangible. I would find something worth value outside of an unbacked dollar of the United States of America because it's coming. And when you don't comply, you will go broke, hungry, and starve. China is setting the precedent for hell on earth, and the United States is trying to follow them. We will see a 1776 part two. I just don't know in which shape or form. And I'm not saying that as a threat that I'm going to start it or that I'm going to be the leader of it in any way, shape or form. I'm telling you that based on common sense and reality. And you're starting to push over a red line that people do not and will not allow you to come over. So shut up about your stupid COVID-19. It does not exist on the level you said it does. It does not kill people on the level you said it does. Shut up about it. It's the flu. And if you catch it, get some sleep for a few days and shut up and go back to work. Stop putting on masks everywhere. Stop complying with all of this because it's allowing it to continue further and further. Half the problem is we the people. Not the people that we have put in charge to control us, but it's we the people and our cowardice. COVID's dead. It's been dead. Start acting like it and start acting like a person of God who wears the full armor of God and stop being fearful of everything. And for that, I mean, folks, you know it as much as I do. You know COVID's been dead. You know that if you get it, it isn't nearly what they said it was going to be. Everybody knows that. It's no secret. So for the United States, uh, deciding to go through with this and deciding to get everybody vaccinated everywhere on the planet, everyone everywhere. Come on, man. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe. Dumb, dumb award of the day is going to go to the illegitimate, illegal White House for continuing to try to make something uh, something big when it's nothing at all just so they can try to do lockdowns again because they know there's no way they're going to win this November. But we're not going to let that happen either because you can't beat God. So it is what it is. All right, moving on. Do you live in Austin, Texas? Raise your hand if you live in Austin, Texas. I want to see how many people in the comment section live in Austin, Texas. Because if you live in Austin, Texas, folks, you are about to get a rude awakening. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you live in Austin, Texas, you are about ready to pay even more of your money in order to guarantee income for those who do not have it. Oh, you heard me right. Pull out your wallets. Pull out your pocketbooks. You're not taxed enough. Now you're going to have to pay for guaranteed income of illegal aliens and everybody else if you live in Austin, Texas. You ready? Here we go. Unbelievable. Citizens in Austin, Texas, who are classified as facing extreme hardship, guess that's a pretty blanket statement, will receive $1,000 a month for a year 
in the program that promises to reduce crime. That's right. We're going to pay criminals not to be criminals. We're going to pay them and say, please take this $1,000 a month and don't rob any more stores. Please take this $1,000 taxpayer uh, um, uh, charity handout every month and don't go out and sell drugs. Please don't do that. Please take this $1,000 a month and don't make any more illegally. You think they're going to take the $1,000 and stop doing crime? Or you think they're going to take the $1,000 and still continue to do what brings them massive amounts of money or gives them the pleasure of robbing that they need? I don't know. And I'm not talking about any specific color of person because everybody breaks the law. A total of 85 residents in a new pilot program in Austin will receive monthly balloon payments of $1,000, according to the city's equity office. Didn't even know there was such a thing. Information on how those residents will be chosen and what they will need to, qual- to, uh, to qualify for the program has not yet been announced. Ooh, we're waiting on pins and needles. The pilot program size indicates that the city officials are all too confident in the virtue of doling out the cash. Last year, Austin City Council decided to fund the program at $1.1 million at the recommendation of the Reimagining Public Safety Task Force. Ooh, I can guarantee you I know what that is. A bunch of drag queens dressing around, twerking and humping a library book that they want you to take home and read. Sorry for the graphic uh, rhetoric, but it is what it is. Paula Rojas, the co-chair of the task force, explained that the program was developed in order to decrease crime. Yes. Yes, because that's what every criminal is set out to do. That's what they're set out to do. They're set out to cause so much crime that you pay them to stop. Listen to this. Quote. A lot of research we did showed us that increasing police does not make the city safer, she said. Increasing police does not make the city safer. Well, you can put a million cops out there, but if you tie their hands and don't allow them to do their job, of course it's not going to work. But there are many other programs that can actually prevent the need for policing, says Paula Rojas. One of these is a guaranteed monthly income. Well, crime anywhere? Do I sign up for that? Somehow the task force managed to convince the city council that giving 85 people $1,000 a month will prevent the need for policing. Austin Mayor Steve Adler has come out in support of the program. Of course he has, indicating that he wishes to see the money sent to those who are delinquent in paying rent. Quote, it's really expensive for our community when that happens, Adler explained. Yeah, like it's not expensive for you to pay for these people to live. That's not expensive. Maybe if we can just give somebody some assistance just before that happens, we can keep them in their homes. Yeah, you can kick the can down the road for another month, moron. Because that's what you're doing. You know what's crazy to me? It's crazy to me how stupid people are. It really is. I mean, we don't, live in a wor- we don't live in a world where it's very hard to go through life and do productive things. We don't live in a world where it's, we don't live in a country where it's very hard to be at least successful in the fact that you are keeping the bare necessities. Because the bare necessities in this country are like what other countries would look at and live like, live like kings. And it's not very difficult. Yes, some of us have other some problems that, 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 that prevent us from doing that. But for the masses, it's not very hard to live bare minimum. I've been doing it my whole life. I'm okay with it. So these people can't even live bare minimum, and you're going to say, you know, this will help. This will help them keep them in their homes. What about next month? What about the month after that? You think this is going to reform them? You think this is going to say, hey, wait a minute. I'm getting free money here. I better learn how to not get free money so I can not get free money. I mean, the, 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 the stupidity, 
of this world is mind-blowing. And yet that's what they want. That's what they're teaching our kids in public school systems. They want to dumb them down on purpose so you can live like a moron and live off somebody else's income. These people are incredibly stupid. They really are. And we're up against a big, huge fight when it comes to this, kind, this, this uh, war that we're in right now, folks. Don't for a second think that we've ever got anything in the bag. We need to fight, 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 fight until we die. And you're chosen to do it. So put on that armor of God and just do it. This is not going to end well. And it's only going to end up bad for the people who paid for it. Bad for the people who are living in Austin. And bad for the people who are receiving the money. Because it's not going to get them the help that they need. The encouragement that they need. Or the support that they need to go out there and actually make it on their own. Look, you are guaranteed the right to a life of pers- uh, to pursuit of happiness. Not happiness. The pursuit of happiness and liberty and all that. You have the right to go pursue it all. You don't have the right to just give it to you. It doesn't work like that. Anyway, let's go from Texas, Austin, Texas, I should say, all the way to another mindless run uh, state, which is Massachusetts. But this is some good news coming out of Massachusetts, so I think you guys will like this. In Massachusetts, a school has um, been sued by the parents in the district. Forget this. Ready? For secretly promoting gender transition of both male and female preteen siblings. Unbelievable. Stephen Foote and Marissa Silvestri Ludlow filed their lawsuit against Ludlow Public Schools last week. The parents alleged that the school officials, quote, impermissibly inserted themselves into the private realm of their family, superseding their right to make decisions regarding their children's upbringing, mental health, and well-being. And this is coming from the New York Post. They had asked Paul L. Baird Middle School staff not to have private conversations with their kids about gender issues, but claim in court papers that the superintendent, the principal, the guidance counselor, and teachers ignored the request. I don't, I, I, I buy that. I believe them. Uh, even referring to their biological daughter and son by other pronouns without parents' knowledge. That's happening right here in New Hampshire. As a matter of fact, that's happening to somebody, to many people that we know that live on our block in our cul-de-sac. There are girls that grew up with our kids right now that have continued to go to this public school who now you can't call them he or she. They're named Nexus or Starlight or some other stupid, ridiculous, moronic pronoun other than he and she. This is out of hand stuff. The children were identified only as BF and GF in the filings. In the email to school staff, 11-year-old biological female BF told the school that they are genderqueer and sent a lengthy list of pronouns that they would like used. I am genderqueer. My new name will be whatever. If you dead name me, that's the new term for it. If you dead name me or use any pronouns I'm uncomfortable with, I politely will tell you. A list of pronouns you can use are she, her, he, him, they, them, fay, Foray, Erve, Ver, Exigem, Zizer. I don't even know what the heck the other stuff is. Please only use the ones I have listed and not the other ones. I do not like them, BF wrote 
the parents said in court papers. In response, guidance counselor Mary Claire, Marie Claire Foley, excuse me, told school staff to hide the child's transition from her parents. And then whatever pronoun, uh, whatever name they used, I don't know because it's blurred out, is still the process is in the process of telling his parents and is requesting that school staff refer to him as and it's redacted. It's just a name. It's a pronoun and use she her pronouns with her parents and in writing email letters home. So what's happening here is the kid who's transitioning from a boy to a girl in school, but not at home, is demanding that the school use these certain pronouns when referring to his parents even in letters home, because this is the name that he wants to be now, and it's some girl name that they have redacted for some reason. Um, The young girl's 12-year-old brother, GF, also told school's officials that they were transgender and wanted to be called a female name. The parents alleged that the school complied and hid it from them. Or the school complied and hid it from them. Um, Andrew Beckwith. An attorney for the parents told the Post that, quote, the term groomer is being used a lot today. Imagine what goes through any parent's mind when you have some other adult talking to your kid about sexuality and saying we're going to hide this conversation from your parents. Despite the parents specifically telling the school we're getting mental health treatment for our daughter and we do not need the school interfering with that, school staff continued to have... Um, conversations with the children about it chairman of the ludlow school committee chip harrington said in a statement it's a slippery slope we want to support our students the best way we can but we should bring parents to the table and hope they respond in a loving and supportive way do you want to know what's loving and supportive loving and supportive is telling your kid just like when they do wrong you're doing wrong stop it right now Because 10 years ago, we didn't have this problem. Five years ago, we didn't have this problem. The only reason we have this problem is because of the constant brainwashing and indoctrination by the public school systems and uh, and the school board systems all over this country pushing that on our kids. That's why every one of them just wants to be that. It's a trend. It's a trend that's going to destroy their lives. It's a trend that's going to destroy their emotions. It's a trend that's going to destroy their minds, going to destroy their bodies, and they'll never, ever recover from this. They'll have PTSD from this till the day they die. And the school systems want us to be loving and supportive. You know how you can be loving and supportive to your child? If this happens in your school, take your kid out of that school, period. That's how you can be loving and supportive to your child. Take that kid out of that school, get him away from that toxic environment, and stop letting some weirdos, some queer eye for the straight guy people raise your child eight hours a day because they're not teaching them academics. And this has nothing to do with should somebody be gay or should somebody not be gay? Should somebody be transgender or should they not be? This has everything to do with you should not be having sexual conversation with my kid, period. And that is the end of the story. Period means shut up. We're done. And if I see you do it again, we're coming after you. Legally first. I mean in court. Then take your kid out of that school if that's what you got to do. But let me tell you this. If I still had the job that I had before I did this as an IT guy and I went to work and I even remotely talk about anything sexual in an adult setting, in an adult work environment, HR is going to be right up my butt with a telescope, and I'll be getting either warnings, write-ups, or I'll be fired. What about you? 
Think about your job. Think about where you work. Do you have an HR department? Are you allowed to talk about sex at work? Are you allowed as a man to go to work and walk over to a female employee, a fellow employee, and talk about her sexual anything or your sexual anything to her? What happens if you do? And by the way, this is an adult setting. This is in an adult environment. What happens if you go to work and start talking about sex with anybody else? You'll, go, you'll, you'll get fired or get written up. If you're lucky, you'll get a warning. But yet you can do it at school with a five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old? That's okay. But can't do it in an adult setting or else, oh, oh, oh. How does anybody think that's okay? How does anybody think that's right? How does anybody think that that's even morally right? Go to work and talk about the same stuff that they're teaching your kids at school and see how fast you get in trouble. And then come back and let me know. Because they don't let adults talk to each other like that, let alone children. We should not be letting children talk like that. It's ridiculous. So big shout out to those parents for, um, for bringing that lawsuit on that school. I think more parents need to do this. Now... Let's just go west a little bit from Massachusetts to Pennsylvania because uh, we got another lawsuit that we need to talk about, and that is a private group has now sued Philadelphia mayor, the health commissioner, and others for reinstituting the insane, worthless, ridiculous COVID mask mandates. A group in Pennsylvania is now suing the mayor of Philadelphia, the health commissioners, and other related individuals due to their recent actions to reinstate COVID-19 mandates. Last Monday... It was reported on the city of Philadelphia's actions to reinstate the COVID mandates. Philadelphia became the first major city in the United States to reinstate its indoor mask mandate after reporting a sharp increase in coronavirus infections. Oh, no, not the dreaded coronavirus. Somebody get me a tissue. I might have to sneeze. With the city's top health officials saying she wanted a forestall. A, uh, to forestall a potential new wave driven by the Omicron subvariant. I forgot about the variants even existing, to be honest with you. Confirmed COVID-19 cases have risen more than 50% in 10 days. The threshold at which the city's guidelines call for people to wear masks indoors that didn't work to begin with. Dr. Cheryl Bettergold, the health commissioner, said health officials believe the recent spike in being is being driven by the highly transmissible BA2 variant of Omicron, which has spread rapidly throughout Europe and Asia and has become dominant here in the recent weeks in the United States. In response to the latest action, a group in Philadelphia is suing the city to stop the insane unconstitutional and non-science-based mandates. In the filing, the group individuals from the city shares the following. In a breathtaking declaration, Dr. Cheryl Bettigold, the commissioner of the city, health commissioner, um, usurped the power and authority of the General Assembly, Pennsylvania Department of Health, and State Advisory Health Board. Specifically, the commissioner publicly stated um, that she were going to, in contrast to the metrics we, the PDPH, have uh, used, the CDC metrics are designed to be applicable throughout the country. As if that declaration weren't enough, the commissioner then went on to say, as the poorest big city in America, Philadelphia has a high rate of chronic conditions that are linked to poverty. And as a result, we have designed our metrics to be cautious. What happened to Obamacare? Thought that worked. 
Capping these incredible statements, the commissioner then conducted that the current metrics are not set in stone. If we do not see a rise in hospitalizations within the, with the rise in cases, we will revisit our metric and make changes where indicated. How about the people of Philadelphia just make the changes where they seem necessary on their own? How about that? How about everybody just say, okay, cram those masks where the sun don't shine. We are done. I really, really hope more and more people continue to wake up and just do what they want, like, uh, and not what they want in like an illegal fashion, but just use the freedoms that they have given to them by God, like those people did on that 30,000 um, 30, feet uh, in the air flight where they were praising Jesus. The justification for this latest exercise of unfettered government action is based partially upon an indefinite suspension of Section 8407 of the Philadelphia Home Rule Charter and the mayor's declaration of extraordinary circumstance suspending the formal regulatory process of regulations concerning a novel coronavirus signed by the mayor on March 11, 2020, over two years ago. Amazingly, the emergency declaration is still in effect and apparently has no end date. The the indefiniteness of the emergency declaration is problematic in its own right. However, equally problematic is the continued promulgation of local municipal health agencies like the PDPH reliance upon the CDC for the proposition that allows them to institute mandatory masking requirements. You know what? Just like the CDC just came out unilaterally and told the uh, told the um, uh, the airlines that it was a law for you to wear a mask on on the plane. Again, they lie constantly. So a big shout out to the group who's suing them. They do have a right to sue them. They do have a case that they should win because they already beat the uh, governor on uh, how many days he can lock you even down. So, you know, unbelievable, unbelievable how many people are still scared of this stupid virus. I got to be honest with you. And I know some people get it worse than others. I'm not trying to say you're stupid because you caught it. I'm not saying that at all. I had it. It sucks. I get it. But calm down. Stop wearing your mask everywhere. Stop living in fear because it's ridiculous and it's embarrassing. I, I, I was at the point where I said, you know what? I don't even care if somebody else wears a mask. I'm not going to. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, take off your stupid mask. You're embarrassing the rest of the country with your ignorance and your fear. I can tell you're a Democrat. Unbelievable. Now we're going to talk about Sweden like I promised you in the beginning of the show. It looks like Donnie C is leaving for the day. See you later, Donnie. We love you, sir. Okay, here we go. Sweden's having a major problem right now. Now, Sweden hasn't been in the news for quite a while. The last time Sweden was in the news with major problems, it was right after the Syrian refugees took over their country and Sweden became the rape capital of the world. Remember that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the United States government is guilty of a lot, but maybe the worst is causing refugee crises on purpose in different countries just to disperse people all over the world in order to purposely destroy cultures, traditions, and eventually destroy your borders to create one world government. And there's no way that they could ever create their one world government and their one world digital currency and their one world traditions and their one world culture unless everybody from these places lived in your area. They would never get the United States to agree 
to becoming Syria unless Syria lived in the United States. They would never get the United States to agree to become like Ukraine unless they had a number of Ukrainians living in the United States of America. You see where I'm going? You see where I'm getting at here? This refugee crisis, starting with the Syrian refugees, going back even before that until now, is completely done on purpose. And the people that are starting this are the Americans. And I'm talking about the elected officials that we have and the incompetent, ridiculous Pentagon, NSA, and our entire government apparatus. From the top down, they are scum and they need to be removed, period. They're the ones causing this displacement. They're the ones causing this culture and these traditions to end in your country because they're putting people like they did in Sweden all over the world. Now, Sweden's back in the news, folks. Sweden is back in the news. Violence erupts and riots everywhere in Sweden after a politician threatened to soak the Quran in pig's blood and light it on fire. Now I will say, that is not rhetoric that you should be using, period. You should not be talking about lighting somebody's book on fire and dipping it in pig's blood if they're Islam or if they're Muslim or whatever. I get that. However, that would not have been a problematic statement and it would not even be a statement that needed to be spoke by a politician in Sweden if the government's And the one world government did not flood Sweden with Muslims and cause them to be an out of control, chaotic rape capital of the world to begin with. So all of this goes back and we blame the people that purposely started this refugee crisis to begin with. Violence erupts and violent riots have been going on in Sweden for several days after a right-wing politician said he was going to burn the Quran and soak it in pork blood. At least 16 officers have already been injured and four police vehicles were set on fire, according to um, massive amounts of reports. Now, I want to go, if I could, let's go and see some of what's going on in Sweden. Here's uh, Here's some video footage of the riots that are going on in Sweden because of the, the Muslim and the Islam problem they have there. Uncivilized, mindless creatures. Somebody made a good statement. Reminds me of BLM. It sure does. It sure does. Let's go from that and let's go. We've got more video to show you here, so let's go to this other video footage. Welcome to New Sweden, this one says. I can't wait for you to see this. Hold on here. Let's bring this up. Welcome to New Sweden. And this, again, is a result of refugees that are displaced, and the United States are to blame for this. That is what Sweden looks like now. On fire, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. There's more. 
Here we go. Check this out. This one has no sound. But as you can see, very reminiscent of the Syrian refugee problem. Remember when we had that? That's when I wrote the Build the Wall song. That's when the Build the Wall song became so popular. Hold on. We've got more. Here's more from Sweden. this was the religion of peace I thought this was the religion of acceptance again ladies and gentlemen you would never see Christians doing this if they were displaced around the world from the, the horror that they're uh, going through in South Africa right now oh let, and let's do one more here just for just for good measure And that is why they're having a southern invasion, a, 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 an invasion on our southern border, folks. They want to do a minor, uh, a minor scale thing of what's uh, of what's going on globally in order to get us where every other country is full and full of people from other countries, so they can easily, easily say, "Hey, the world's out of control. We need all governments to step in. We need the United Nations to step in. Step in. Blue helmets will be everywhere." And they will take over the world. And the United States is the last place they got to do it. Why do you think they're having millions of people come across every, every year? Millions now. Millions. It's got to stop. And it's got to stop now. Um, I just wanted to bring that to light because I wanted to kind of go through exactly why the southern border invasion is happening. And it's directly tied back to that. It's about breaking a system down. It's about breaking a country down. So it'll bend to your will. Now, got two stories left. Don't go anywhere. This next one, we're going to go, we're going to travel up to Michigan real quick, and we're going to talk about that dirtbag rhino, Fred Upton. Because that dirtbag rhino, Fred Upton, decided to go on MSDNC, Meet the Press, with Chuck Todd. And it's a good thing that this guy's leaving the Republican Party, I can say that. It's a good thing he's leaving. But he tells you on his way out exactly what the Republican Party thinks of people like Lauren Boebert, Madison Cawthorn, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. He says with those people in the Republican Party, the Republican Party's headed for troubled waters. And you know what? For once, I agree with him. And we're coming after people like you, dirtbag. Uh, play the Fred Upton one. Majority. We've had wild types of members of Congress since the history of this republic. Always have. Okay. But if you, can you... Do you remember Jim Traffigan? Oh, yeah. Look, beam me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar, is that a different element than you've ever seen before? Um, I don't think we've had so as many folks in that sort of wing of the party mm-hmm. elected as we have before. But th- I think they're very popular back at home. Yeah. I mean, what, what does that tell you about popular she, nationwide Republican Party? Dirtbag. Troubled waters, I guess you could say. And that's why the margin is going to be so, you know, right now, look, 
Pelosi's got the votes, uh, particularly with the use of the proxy vote. She's not going to lose a vote. And I don't think she really has in uh, the mm -hmm. last year and a half. We're not going to have proxy votes. Kevin has made that very clear. None of us uh, want that to happen. Uh, and it was put in place really because of the COVID right. uh, issue. But a lot determines on what that level is going to be. And you'll be, I'll be watching you on, uh, in November. I, I don't mean to. You will be watching in November. You will be watching Chuck Todd in, Chuck Todd in November because you won't be doing anything because you're heading for the same hills as your loser friends on the other side of the aisle, those incumbent Democrats who know what's coming. Now, President Trump shared a very special Easter message yesterday, as he always does. And if you did not get a chance to see President Trump's Easter message, it was beautiful. But also, he also sent a message out for Easter to Letitia James, the attorney general from New York, who's constantly trying to lock President Trump up but fails miserably every single time. Please allow me to read the statement to you from President Donald J. Trump to specifically... Attorney General Letitia James in New York. And he said this. Happy Easter to failed gubernatorial candidate and racist Attorney General Letitia James. May she remain healthy, despite the fact that she will continue to drive business out of New York while at the same time keeping crime, death, and destruction in New York City. Happy Easter. Man, if this guy does not know how to troll, he is the greatest troll. He's the greatest troll. Happy Easter to failed gubernatorial candidate and racist <laughs> Attorney General Letitia James. May you remain healthy. Woo! That's Donald Trump killing him with kindness, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, I am very disappointed in some of his endorsements as well. Somebody just said that. And I, we just got to hope and pray that he knows what he's doing. Now to end the show, to end the show, for all you non-believers out there, for all you people on the fence, for all you people out there who don't want to actually read history, to find out the truth about Jesus, but you'll read that same style of history, that same process of learning about somebody in, our, in, in, in history, in our past, and you'll take that as word. You know, research, reading books, all of that, witness account, eyewitness accounts. But when it comes to Jesus, you just have a very hard time doing that. So I'd like to read, real quick, to end this sh show today. I'd like to read a story from you for you written by Scott Powell. We've, we've read... Uh, stories that he wrote before here on Live from America. He writes for the Federalist, and he and he titled the uh, the uh, titled the piece this: "Jesus Christ's Resurrection is probably the best documented historical event ever." Because of their experience with the resurrected Jesus, the apostles were in a unique position, knowing with certainty certainty that Jesus was truly the Son of God. Now I want to read some of this for you because I think it's beautiful and I think everybody should understand this. And if you're having any doubts whatsoever in your mind if Jesus exists and is who he said he was and did rise on that third day, which is the cornerstone of Christianity, I beg you, I challenge you, as a matter of fact, to go watch the movie A Case for Christ. There are many religions with different founders, prophets, and teachers going back thousands of years, but only one of them. Christianity has a founder who professed to be the Messiah, the son of the living God who provided irrefutable proof of who he was by conquering death through resurrection. Easter is the celebration of Christ's resurrection, not bunnies and not eggs. Christ is also the only person in history who was pre-announced starting a thousand years before he was born. I would say even all the way back to Genesis, but I'll beg to differ. 
with 18 different prophets from the Old Testament between the 10th and the 4th century B.C., predicting his coming birth, life, and death. And by the way, we went through them on Friday, and there is a mountain of, of prophecies that came true, 100% true, almost word for word, that were a 1,000 years beforehand, just so you know. Let's move on. Um, with 18 different prophets from the Old Testament between the 10th and the 4th centuries B.C. predicting his coming birth, life, and death hundreds of years later, the details of Christ's birth, life, betrayal, and manner of death validated those prophecies in surprisingly accurate and minute-to-minute detail. 1,000 years B.C., David prophetically wrote about the crucifixion of Christ at a time that crucifixion was unknown as a means of execution. Every other consequential person in history came into the world to live the death of other religious leaders such as Abraham, Moses, Buddha, Muhammad, and Confucius brought an anticlimactic end to their lives and their work. But Christ came into the world as God's son in order to die and pay the price for man's sin. His sacrifice was the ultimate climax of his life done for the benefit of all mankind opening the way to eternal life in heaven for all who believe. Of the four major world religions built on personalities, only Christianity claims its founder is still alive, having overcome death through resurrection. No Jew ever believed that. After Abraham died and was, inter- and, and, and was interred, his tomb has become empty. After Buddha died, no dis- disciple ever claimed that he or she saw or spoke to him ever again. As for Muhammad and his teachings that are the basis of Islam, there is no trace of his founder appearing to his disciples or followers after he died at age 61. His occupied tomb is located in Medina and is visited by tens of thousands of devout Muslims every year. Christ was unique in that he gave up his life as a sacrifice to fulfill why he came into the world. Christ set the highest standard of love possible, both in his teachings and in making the ultimate sacrifice, giving his life to the rescue and save mankind. Then to provide seeing is believing evidence. God brought Jesus back from the dead in a tomb to being alive, resurrected, so people would have living proof of who he was. The New Testament provides accounts from multiple sources who witnessed Jesus firsthand after the resurrection. In fact, Jesus made 10 separate appearances to his disciples between the resurrection and his ascension into heaven over a period of 40 days. Some of those appearances were to individual disciples. Some were to several disciples at the same time and once to even 500 people at one time. Now, what is the best evidence that we have against somebody in court even today in 2022? Witnesses, period. Witnesses. That's the best evidence you still have today. Particularly noteworthy is that there were no accounts of witnesses who came forth and disputed these appearances or called it a hoax. Not a single one, nor do we find any historical record of any witness accounts that were contradictory. While there are skeptics of the biblical account of Jesus, there's actually far more reliable historical evidence for his life teachings, miracles, death, and resurrection than for any other historical figure of ancient times, religious or otherwise. Consider for an instance that the authority of Alexander the Great, who was born some 350 years before Christ, is based on two original biographical accounts of his life by Arian and Plutarch, which were written some 400 years after he died. 
The manuscripts of Virgil and Horace, both of whom lived within generations of Christ, were written more than four centuries after their deaths. The copy of works by Livy and Tatticus on Roman history and some works of Pliny Secundus on natural history were written in average 700 years after the time of the original account. But guess what? We take that as factual historical proof. Factual historical proof. About 1,000 times more manuscripts preserve the deeds and teachings of Jesus in the New Testament. About 25,000 in total. Then there are uh, preserving other classical ancient works of historical figures who lived at approximately the same time, with the exception of Homer. It's backed by 1,800 manuscripts, but still less than one-tenth the number of ancient manuscripts that back the authenticity of the New Testament. Look, folks, long story short, if you look at any book for evidence or proof of any historical figure and you take that as fact then you must take the the writings, the teachings, the miracles, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as fact. Because the same uh, procedure in which you found out the other historical uh, figures, life and death, you would use to find out Jesus's. And you can't pick and choose which one you're going to believe if you use the same process. Amen. And there are more about Jesus than any other person in history. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank God for Jesus Christ. I want to thank you all very much for being here today. I know it's been a long weekend. It's been a long year already, and we're only in April. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're making a difference here on Live from America. Thank you for the donations. Thank you for the promo codes. You have no idea how much that helps when you guys go and buy something somewhere and use our promo code. Everyone wins. Thank you for going to the store. We're going to extend the two t-shirt deal all the way to the end of the month because it was so popular and everybody wants them and everybody's still buying them. So we're extending that. And just to know, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're we're, going to keep plugging along. And uh, so far, we're in pretty good shape. So there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Thank you very much for joining in today. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for being here. I love you, and I'll see you at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Have a great day. See you later.